0: Welcome everyone to Therapy Secrets, I'm your host Jason Conover, coach, therapist, and Arbinger facilitator. Today I'm going to discuss and build on uh, what I talked about last time, some of the theoretical roots. So while I was studying uh, theory and philosophy with uh, Richard Williams, uh, Dr. Williams, um, Dr. C. Terry Warner was also working in philosophy uh, department at the same university And working on some of the um, early theoretical constructs that later became the Arbinger Institute. And one of the things that's fascinating about this is that he was diligently striving to solve this problem uh, known as self-deception. And they tried all of the ways uh, that other theoricians had, other philosophers, and they kept coming up with Maybe different, but um, still no solutions. And in philosophy, it's actually kind of like math. You really either get a solution or you don't. And we're not going to go into all of that too much, uh, unless there's a lot of requests for it here uh, in this podcast. But it was really fascinating that him and a a group of scholars were um, working to solve this problem. And they came up with the idea that they actually needed to be different in their own lives, in their own relationships, to, um, to pursue, to push further into this understanding. And it turned out that within this um, was was the beginning of, of unlocking. They actually said they just decided that they needed to live better life. When was the last time you heard from an academic that they needed to live a better life to solve a uh, a scholarly problem, a um, highly intellectual and academic problem. But this is what they did, and it turned out to be one of the greatest breakthroughs in the social sciences um, to date. So um, I was learning about uh, agency, morality, and responsibility, and Terry Warner and others were working on this uh, solution to self-deception. I did not know about it very much uh, until I was out working uh, after I graduated and was introduced uh, to this material by David Dye, who I'm very grateful for. And um, Soon after I was able to set up an Arbinger, uh, my first Arbinger workshop or seminar and a uh, facilitator came and um, facilitated what was called the choice. and. This was a um, amazing experience, and it was really a pivotal point for me as far as uh, my work and my own path for the next twenty plus years. So he came in, and we used a little booklet called "The Choice," and it was a small group. I can still picture a really nice conference room um, in, in my clinic where I was working at Utah Valley Regional Medical Center, and we just took this little booklet and it was written in kind of prose format. And we'd read and, and ponder, reflect, and then um, the facilitator would tell stories. And it was fascinating how this process invited uh, self-discovery and awareness. So to begin with, we looked at uh, what's called way of being. And the thing that's very interesting about way of being is that there are fundamentally two ways and it's deeper and more important than behavior. So this is actually a very significant thing because behavior is very important and it does tend to get a lot of emphasis. So, uh, for example, uh, driving. We may spend a lot of time focusing on safe driving, techniques, behavior, counting, making sure your spacing's right between other cars. But this behavioral focus doesn't always generate desire. And so there's something deeper that we look at and and can discover with way of being. And so we discover one way of being is to see others as people. We also refer to this as the outward mindset. So seeing others and uh, being open to their hopes and their needs and their fears, their humanity is relevant to me and their hopes matter to me. And this way of being is expansive, it's informative, uh, it's transcending, it's amazing. And I really do believe that this training is the best safe driving program in the world. Uh, We should really implement it everywhere. The other way of being is uh, seeing people as objects. And we refer to this as the inward mindset. In the book, The Anatomy of Peace, which I highly recommend, you'll also discover the language of heart at war for the inward mindset, seeing people as objects, and heart at peace for seeing people as people. And that is sort of another way of getting at the the quality of, uh, say, for example, driving with an outward mindset, I'm aware of others, I'm open to them having needs, hopes, places they're trying to go, agendas, lives, um, a desire for safety, and I can, from that, just naturally have a sense better of, of how to be. One day, pondering this, I was driving home from work, and i was in some urgency i was really wanting to get home and i was not seeing the person in front of me as a person i just saw a black van and i was just intent on trying to do uh, what i wanted to do i had been teaching sharing some of these ideas and it it caught me and i and i stopped and thought hold on that is a person i'm driving that car and I'm pretty sure that they have a life too. They have things they're wanting to do, places they're wanting to go. And because it was a black Honda Odyssey minivan, it also seemed possible that there could be kids um, on board. And so that possibility changed everything. And just in that moment, it just kind of brought up a a desire, a sense of, of being just a little bit more careful so a little bit more thoughtful, uh, a little more willing to, to take their safety uh, into consideration. And so naturally, automatically, pretty much uh, with desire, I just backed off uh, a little from their, um, from their car and gave it that extra insurance of safety. That's the power that we're talking about in um, uh, the way of being and how it's deeper. Um, driving there's two ways I know the other way a lot too, which is where i'm just trying to get where I want to go and i'm not really thinking about other people i'm I'm focused on uh often people might be seen as obstacles in my way, and I'm wanting to get them out of the way or get around them uh in in many cases so we're studying this in this uh workshop setting and uh it's awesome, and I'm really having some some great uh, discoveries. The language is beautiful, and we're uh, we're diving into it. And in this process, um, I don't remember a time in my whole career where this ever happened this way. But I was actually thinking about people on my uh, in my um, clinical caseload, person by person, name by name. I was going down the list. Just thinking about how valuable and how important this training would be for them. I was so excited to go to work the next day and to just begin to share uh, all of this information. So with that excitement, we keep going and after discovering um, that there's there's two ways, um, another example of that comes to mind um, giving flowers so. There's two ways to, to get flowers. On an occasion, I was dating uh, a young lady, and I brought her a bouquet of flowers on a Friday night. And the reception was very positive, very enthusiastic. Um, she gave me a, a, a huge hug, and she was really, um, seemed very pleased about this uh, this gift of flowers. Well, during the next week, it occurred to me this, this thought came into my mind that uh, maybe I should get her flowers again. Now, you could ponder, and I'd ask you the question, uh, which, which mindset was I in? And I can tell you that the response that I got from the second bouquet of flowers was very different. So the behavior is almost pretty much identical, but um, I do not think that in the second example, it came from a sense or a desire from seeing her as a person, but more as a, uh, a thought about what I um, wanted, what I could um, uh, get more, more of um, for, for me. And so, again, almost any behavior can be done in either way. And then we began to look at uh, when we have a sense, of, of uh, you know seeing another person we have a desire how to be with them, um, give them a little space on the road, um, give them flowers and maybe not the next weekend too. Uh, all kinds of wonderful natural uh, just senses like that. but um there's a very important component in this whole theory uh, that i'm that I'm learning here and that is that we can choose. So I may have a sense to call a friend, apologize, um, put a new roll of toilet paper on uh, the roll, um, help someone out, um, see my neighbor, uh, trying to move a big piece of furniture, go run over and help them, Um, call an old friend, uh, text my mom. But in any of these cases, or all of these cases, I have a choice. I can um, honor that sense. And, and go forward in that way, or I can betray. It's a fundamental choice. And so, but when I betray, then something interesting happens. I begin to look at things differently, and I begin to blame, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so much. But essentially, in this workshop, we began to work with this diagram, this self portrayal diagram, and began to look at how I start to think about the other person, how I begin to think about myself, how I think about all kinds of things, and, and kind of bring that together. So I might, for example, start to see myself as busy or tired, um, really doing important things. And then maybe without even realizing it, this does take some work and practice and really writing it to kind of tease out some of this uh, style. But I may see the other person as having plenty of time, uh, seems to be no particular urgency, but I'm not seeing their, you know, their life. That's the story I'm telling or the narrative I'm having betrayed. And so I create that and I may use evidence uh, if I have any. Um, For example, if that person didn't help me when I moved something or, you know, maybe my friend hasn't ever um, reached out to me for a while. And so from that space, I begin to see the world differently. And the question is that at that point, do I still have a desire, the same desire? Do I maintain the desire to be helpful? And the question generally is no. Um, as a matter of fact, I feel usually pretty good, like I've actually made a good decision that it is valid that I am busy and I need to prioritize um the important things that I'm doing and so that is the uh, essence of self- deception. So we had a break and then came back and Uh, During that time, and this is one of the great ingredients of coaching and what I've discovered with Arbiter that I absolutely love, is these epiphanies, just these incredible awakenings that come as I begin to see things that I couldn't see before. It really is uh, an incredible gift. And um, as that kind of pause, the power of the pause uh, happened, and I was there sitting there, it just hit me. Like such an incredible um, aha that I'd been thinking about how all my clients needed this. Because that's a common, it's very typical, I think, of kind of a caregiver, therapist type of position. But in that moment, it hit me uh, completely that this work, this, this uh, material I was working on and learning was absolutely for me. And that was a pivotal moment. that was a real um game 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 changer uh, uh, during the headlights moment where I was just wow, just really taken back taken back by that um by that insight so um we'll be talking more about this going a little bit further on uh, another episode and uh have a wonderful night and remember the purpose of this podcast is to help you. Be happier.